honesty, passion, experience. It's Timberwolves Explosion, hosted on thesportstuff.com and also brought to you by the Oddman Media Network. Here are your hosts, Paladino Joey and Marcus the Forecaster. Hello again, Timberwolves fans. Are you ready for the explosion of Timberwolves basketball? I'm your host, Paladino Joey, or Joey Awajan. Timberwolves Explosion is brought to you by the Oddman Media Network and, of course, is hosted on thesportstuff.com. That is the flagship website for the Oddman.com, though. It is A-U-D-M-A-N, not O-D-D-M-A-N. It's A-U-D, like audio. So, just letting you know how to spell that. It is better to have that clarified for anybody that might be wondering. Just listening rather than looking at the links on the iTunes and all that good stuff. I would like to give Oddly Stevenson a shout out over there in Toronto, Ontario. Along with all of you other out there. All of you other Canadians out there that might be listening. Because of, uh, well, you know, Andrew Wiggins. Maybe you're following the Wolves. You're kind of new to the Timberwolves the past year or so. Following Andrew Wiggins and Anthony Bennett. They'll be talked about extensively today. At least, well... To a, to a point, I'll be. Uh, I'm going to be nice to a guy who I've been hard of hard on most of the season. So <laughs> gotta let you know about that. And the Wolves have unfortunately been hard on the fans this past week because they played four games and, like they've done more times this season, all losses. It's just kind of another "it is what it is" type of thing. Yeah, I mean, it's it's that kind of season. It's kind of like the, if you want to be super duper positive about it and hopeful, it's kind of like the Thunder of their first season in Oklahoma City when, you know, they had Russell Westbrook and Kevin Durant, but they were raw and new, and of course they like won like 21 games and lost like 60, 61, you know, one of those type of seasons. That's about where we're headed. Who knows? Maybe it'll be in the, in the teens, and I sure as heck hope not. Flip Saunders' frustration kind of picked up tonight against the Atlanta Hawks. We'll be talking about that game last, of course. Martin Luther King Day. The Minnesota Timberwolves headed to Charlotte, North Carolina. The Charlotte Hornets suddenly a, uh, well, they're an improving team in the Eastern Conference after an awful start. They're already all the way up to the 8th seed, despite the fact they're about 6 games under five hundred still to this point. But again, playing much better than they had earlier this season. Their, their record was comparable to ours at one point about a month ago or so. So congratulations to Al Jefferson, Kemba Walker, and co over there, and of course, MJ, with their beautiful court. That was that was a fun game to watch only because of the court. I mean, it was a horrible, horrible played game by the Timberwolves. Everybody was bad. Andrew Wiggins, really, really uh, a rough week this week. 105-80 loss, Monday, January the 19th, and again, a uh, shout out to Martin Luther King on MLK Day right there, like I gave him a moment of silence last show. Again, 105-80, to Andrew Wiggins struggled mightily. I don't have a whole lot to say about this one, even though I did watch it. I did. <laughs> and it was just a credit game. <laughs> That's about all there is to it. Gorgi Zheng looked solid again. Looked, actually, he was probably the best player in the game, even though Thaddeus Young led the Wolves in scoring with 18 points. Sol- seven uh, solid games, 7 of 15 from the floor, but everybody was a major minus in the plus-minus category, except for Glenn Robinson third and Miroslav Raduka. Both plus six and plus five. 
in the closing minutes because a little maybe they had a little positive run in the garbage time. That's about all there is to it there. What else really is there to say in this one? The Wolves shot really, 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 really bad in this one. 36.3%. I mean, you're not going to win any games like that. And it was like a matinee road game. It seems like we always suck in matinee road games. Like, always. These these matinee games, like, is, is it, be it Sunday, be it a, a day like MLK Day on, on a Monday, because it's always on a Monday, a Saturday afternoon, whatever it is. I mean, we never play well in these games. Ever. Back when we had Garnett and, and Cassell, you know, during the great season, our worst games pretty much took place in these matinees. Minnesota just sucks on the road. Yeah. Uh, and, you know... <laughs> <laughs> during during daytime, just like they used to say, Spree don't like playing in daytime. Yeah, I'm kind of running this a little too long. Uh, Shabazz Muhammad's still out, and he's been out uh, ever since, pretty much. <laughs> Strained outer oblique in his case. We're going to talk about Ricky Rubio in a little bit as well. In his situation, it's unfortunate. What what more is there to say about this game? Uh, I'm, I'm going to give you pretty much a... Uh, I'm going to give you the Greg Popovich review on this one, even though I watched the whole thing. And, and I'm t- and I'm being straight honest with you. I wouldn't lie. <laughs> we shot the ball. It didn't go in. Yeah, there's my Greg Popovich review of the game. Next, let's move on. Dallas comes to Minnesota. The team that I think is a legitimate shot of winning the Western Conference this year because of their roster, because of their makeup, and their chemistry. They are 30-13. and 13. They are not the best team in the Western Conference record-wise. That does not mean they won't win the Western Conference. Because I don't think the Clippers are a team that's going to win the Western Conference. I got a feeling the Golden State Warriors are going to get beat at some point in the in the playoffs. They might have the best record in the world, and they have the best record in the league right now. Second best team in all of basketball. Uh, hosted the Wolves tonight in Atlanta, Georgia. Did about what they did about what I expected last week, but I don't think the Warriors are going to the finals. That's something I'm hinting at as we get deeper and deeper into the season and on into spring and into the postseason, which is going to be so much fun to watch, especially with the uncertainty of just who's going to win it this year. I mean, there's no Chicago Bulls right now, and there's no Miami Heat in the Eastern Conference. Like, it was like, yeah, the Heat are going to win the East because they won it every single time LeBron James is on the roster. Wow, we're going to talk about the Cleveland Cavaliers later, too. Won't that be fun? Only 13,737 people saw a team that I think will be winning the Western Conference this year. And a team that uh, made the Wolves look absolutely silly. 98-75. to 75, Tyson Chandler's back <laughs> in, in Dallas again. Chandler Parsons had a very, very good game. 9 of 13, despite the fact he isn't having the best season with Dallas. He sure shot well in this one and led them average in scoring. Rajon Rondo, though, put on a highlight that would just make you sick if you're a Wolves fan. Dribbling to the basket, made a fake like behind the back pass. And Thaddeus Young, Mo Williams, moved... <laughs> about five feet on that one. Uh, yeah. And <laughs> Rajon Rondo had a wide open layup. It was a layup contest. It was a layup uh, warm-up drill, whatever you call it, at the beginning of the game. The layup drill. That's all it was. I mean, that's all it was. Eh. Made the Wolves look like idiots. All It's all over YouTube. Check it out whenever you like. It's the most recent Wolves in Dallas game on YouTube. You know, basically just look it up. Minnesota versus Dallas, Rondo, whatever it is. It's going to be pretty bad. <laughs> J.J. Barea was back in the fold and got 10 assists. Yeah, J.J. Barea. <laughs> yeah, he got 10 assists. Oh, come on! <laughs> Son of a gun. Don't, don't, don't that just beat all? Seriously? Doesn't it, though? <laughs> Oh, 
I mean, I'm just a sick, sick-minded person, aren't I? With a horrible, cruel sense of humor. It's, uh, it's really something indeed. It, it figures. I remember when Bray used to do that for the Mavericks back in the day. I mean, Tyson Chandler, J.J. Barea back together again, back together again. Even Richard Jefferson, of all people, is, in the, <laughs> is on the roster. El Farika Mino. They have all these random people. And Raymond Felton's on the roster, a guy who was a pretty valuable piece for the New York Knicks at one point in time. Um, five minutes and 30 seconds in this game. I, <laughs> yeah, okay. Uh, Marcus's favorite guy, Ricky Ledoux. Charlie Villanueva's on the roster. It's just so funny. Devin Harris is the backup point guard. Or at least one of them. I mean, J.J. is kind of like a third guard slash point guard. He played the role that uh, we wish he would here, but he just plays it better in Dallas, I guess. More guys to pass the ball to. He doesn't have to be the man, you know, so to speak. Not that he ever was the man here. He just he just assumed he was, I suppose. Tyson Chandler was nothing special in the game, but hey, he <laughs> he did what he had to, pretty much. Uh, and again, somebody called Dwight Powell. I'm, you know, I'm just saying that. Ten rebounds in the game. Just, just They just made it look easy. They simply made it look easy. They just slid right past us. Not much really else again there is to say, other than that massive highlight by Rajon Rondo. And the fact that they just kicked our ass, outclassed us. Dirk Nowitzki didn't even play; didn't even have to play 25 minutes in the game, and he missed a double-double by a single rebound. <laughs> Six of nine from the floor. Eh, you know, it's just a chill fest. Just, just sit, sit the veteran guy down, let him relax. Andrew Wiggins had his best game of the week, but it took 17 shots to get there. Seven of 17 from the floor. I've been seeing this stat like all season. <laughs> Thaddeus Young, seven of 17. That's extremely familiar for him. But hey, he had uh, a double-double. He had six assists. This man wants to get traded, folks. Without a doubt. And I mean, he wants the Wolves to be able to maximize their trade value. That's how they will actually trade him. I wouldn't be surprised if he did. (laughs) I'm sure he does. Especially with all the criticism he's faced. But are you ready for the stat of the night here? The stat of the week? Uh, Ladies and gentlemen, Thaddeus Young, (laughs) he got 11 rebounds. Oh my god. Oh my god. He did it. He actually got double digit rebounds. <laughs> he actually got double digit rebounds. Oh my god. Anyhow, let's uh let's just keep going. <laughs> I you know, I'm not trying to be an ass, but at the same time, he got double-digit freaking rebounds. I mean, I didn't even know he could do it when you watch him out there and when you see the stat line, but ultimately when you watch him, the physical evidence of him not rebounding the basketball on a night-by-night basis, that is young at a really nice week. Really nice week. Yeah, he did. <laughs> yeah, Mo Williams did not. 2 of 12 from the floor, 0 of 4 from 3-point range. Same old crap. Jack up the shot, miss. Jack up the shot, miss. Yeah, that's great, Mo. You're not going to score 50 points every night, and you're not going to score 26 points every night. And on this night, he scored 5 points in 31 minutes. Great game. Great stuff. <laughs> yes, sir. It was it was good stuff. Yeah. Uh, okay. Let's move on. Let's move on, yes. The New Orleans Pelicans, the team I thought was going to throttle the Wolves after what they did last time around, the Wolves stayed within 8 points in this one. Yeah. Friday, the 23rd of January, Again, not trying to be sarcastic. It's just the fact this team is a matchup nightmare for the Timberwolves, with, with, without a doubt. 
There's no doubt about it. New Orleans Pelicans, ninth seed in the Western Conference, trying to catch the Phoenix Suns. Will they? Eh, it doesn't matter because the Thunder, if they ever get their ass in gear, and I'm beginning to wonder if they ever will, uh, is probably going to ultimately claim the eighth spot, and that'll be really a tough time for the Golden State Warriors or whoever it is that gets the the seventh, uh, the, the second seed, so to speak, because if uh, maybe OKC gets, gets hot and gets to the seventh or who knows what happens. But uh, ultimately, I would still be surprised to see the Pelicans uh, make the postseason this year. Gargi Zhang, awesome game. Hit hit his best game of the week. And he had some nice games this week overall. And Mo Williams kind of kind of back on track with 10 assists at least. That's good. At least he got some assists this time around. But still shot 30% from the floor. 3 of 10. Always jacking up those long two-pointers. But sometimes, obviously, the offense guys aren't getting open. That, that's another problem, like which was a big issue tonight. Multiple 24-second shot clock violations. That's just great stuff. Thaddeus Young, this had to be his weakest game of the week, and he still managed to get 15 points and shot okay. You know, I'm upper 40, 7 of 15 from the floor. Gorgi, gorgeous Zeng, definitely his best game of the week, though. 15 points, or excuse me, 14 points, 15 rebounds, and 3 assists. And only one block in this one, which is kind of surprising when he had 4 the other night in Charlotte. This was a fun game to watch. But it's just the whole time you kind of knew who was going to win. It's just the same old story. Whenever New Orleans needed a basket, they they got it. And they shot 50% from the floor because they're athletic. Dante Cunningham killed the Wolves in this night. <laughs> Wait a minute, did I say a familiar name? It's just, yeah, it, I just tried to slide that past you, didn't I? Yeah, Dante Cunningham had a really good game against the Wolves. Oh, 14 points, 5 rebounds. Not that exciting, but 7 to 12 from the floor, that's that's good. Extremely efficient. Almost 35 minutes in the game. He's starting it forward in, uh, for the New Orleans Hornets. New Orleans Hornets. New Orleans Pelicans, I do apologize. It's because the Wolves basically are starting two power forwards at this point. They're going to be starting two power forwards as we move on throughout the season. Be it Robbie Hummel and Thaddeus Young or Gorgie Zhang <coughs> and Thaddeus Young. Mm-hmm. But Robbie Hummel, yeah, I mean, he's... I like Robbie Hummel. Mr. Forecaster, if he ever gets back in the air again... <laughs> And that's a friendly jab, not an angry jab. So no, I'm not I'm not I'm not airing out my dirty laundry here. I love Mr. Forecaster, Mr. Marcus. He's just unavailable, unfortunately. Uh, but he will be back. He will. Um <sighs> distracting, I'm sorry. <laughs> no, he does not like Robbie Hummel. He doesn't like to see him get too many minutes. It's nothing personal, of course. I like Robbie Hummel. But then again, but not necessarily as a starter unless absolutely necessary. Um, I think he's worthy of some minutes on a on a good team, or maybe not even that great of a team. Um, it's uh, it just kind of is what it is. He's he's just a solid player who gets it done. St- nice numbers sometimes. This particular night didn't do all that much, but he did manage to get six rebounds, which usually uh, beats Thaddeus Young. And uh, yeah, this is definitely Thaddeus's worst game. Four assists, though he's been he's been good about that. Those nice little uh, you know feeds into the athletic guys crashing to the basket a la Andrew Wiggins, who was, again, struggling in this one. Only 13 points, 6 of 16 from the floor. Another poor shooting night. Another very quiet night for Andrew. Um, kind of like, re- kind of getting back to, like, November-ish. He's playing about when he was in November again. It's just, he's just playing more minutes and getting more field goal attempts, but very quiet, unfortunately, this past week. And, yeah, it's a shame. Um, and yes, Nikola Pekovic is back. <laughs> Nikola Pekovic did play against the Dallas Mavericks. He had 14 points and 4 rebounds and in this particular night against the New Orleans Pelicans. 13 points and 9 rebounds. He's been getting those nice 
close to the basket points. Not posting up and putting those layups kind of up and under type stuff. He looks good out there. He looks better than he did starting out the season. His defense still sucks for the most part, but he's not as much of a disaster as he was uh, starting out the season. Don't really know what the hell his deal was starting out the year. It's like everybody watched film on him in particular and picked on him. <laughs> it seemed almost like it. He, he was just a mess, but uh, he's been okay in his return. Again, though, nothing special, and the kind of guy um, that I think does not deserve more minutes than Gorgie Zhang. As big of a mess as Gorgie can be at times, he's he's a better overall player than Nikola Pakovic. He is. And it's kind of sad to think that Pakovic is owed $65 million over the course of his contract, a five-year deal, which luckily did start last season. That's that's the good part. <laughs> so it's not like it's just started this year. Um, but, yeah, to think about that, when it's time to sign Gorgie, what's, what's he going to say? Give me 65 also? Hmm. Oh boy, <laughs> because he'd every every right to do that. That's the that's the hard part. Just a just a nice game for Gargi. And again, it looks like the good news is it looks like Flip Saunders sees Gargi the same way I do. Not saying I'm this genius and this know it all, but at the same time, a guy that uh, he, he he deserves to play. And obviously, head coaches don't always see it exactly the way you're gonna. I mean, of course, most of the time they don't because head coaches are paid to do it and. I'm not necessarily paid to do it yet. <laughs> I uh, am enjoying analyzing the Timberwolves on a day-to-day basis and bringing it to you out there. Really appreciate your listenership so much as I continue to run my mouth <laughs> over this one over and over. Anthony Bennett, this game right here summed up his week. Ten minutes and nothing. One rebound, a turnover, and two missed shots. Yeah, nothing. Nothing. Yeah, that's that's awful. Uh, one, one other stat, though, that I have to mention, because I just have to get this jab in, because I've been praising him all week, that is Young had uh, zero rebounds in this game. Zero. Zilch. For some reason, I have this feeling, like I already said this, but just in case I didn't, that is Young had zero rebounds. That's unacceptable for a power forward playing 31 minutes in an NBA game to get zero rebounds. That's just unacceptable. I'm annoyed seeing Andrew Wiggins at shooting guard with two rebounds, quite frankly, because I see him as a multifaceted guy. Mo Williams, a point guard, managed to get three rebounds in this game. A point guard managed to get three rebounds in this game. Anthony Bennett, in ten worthless minutes, got a rebound in this game. A rebound, not eight. Still, see, see, think about that. That is, you gotta get some rebounds there, you know? But I do appreciate the 11 rebound game earlier this past week. So let's get to tonight's game against the Atlanta Falcons, the Beasts of the East. And I can't believe I can actually say that with pure confidence because they've won 16 games in a row with a 112-100 win. Pretty much about what I expected that they're going to get over 110 points in this game. The Wolves scored a little more than I thought because they played really well. And a guy by the name of Thaddeus Young played freaking awesome. And I'm saying that again with pure confidence. It seems like he's fixated on getting 17 field goal attempts most of the time. It seems like he always does get that, doesn't he? Most of the time. And there's people on Twitter saying it's too many attempts. Tonight, it's okay. Most of the time, I'd say cut her down to 13 to to, to 11, depending on the night and the situation. If he's close to the basket, one-on-one with a guy, and he's, well, he's having success, feed him. Give him the ball. That's great. Go ahead and follow through on your shot. If you (laughs) go ahead and go for it. If uh, if it's not going in, let's see some more assists. Thaddeus Young had probably his best overall game this season. 
that would be his best overall game as a Timberwolf. And he did have like a 30-point game earlier this year. It's kind of escaping me now because I don't have every single game that he's Young played for the Wolves in front of me. So again, I apologize and I'm not going to dig through every game. Maybe I'll dig that up for the next show. But at times this is a free-flowing show and, uh, and tonight it is. So it's not like I'm coming digging out stats for you necessarily to bring it to the show. But sometimes I will and I'd like to get back to doing that again. Some some stuff. But if you want me to just bring up stats the whole time, that's not necessarily... Uh, not necessarily a good show either, because that, that could get a little bit geeky, a little bit, uh, you know, a little bit too serious, and that can get kind of old as well. But that at a 26.7 assist, six rebound game. Only six rebounds, and we could have used a lot more along the stretch, but he did have a nice offensive rebound. In fact, four of them in the game, but one of them in particular, very aggressive, got the Wolves within eight at the time. It, it was a nice thing to see, but unfortunately, all for naught, and again, in a 12-point loss to the Atlanta Hawks, who are unbelievable right now, 37-8. and <laughs> Will the Atlanta Hawks, and yes, they did win a championship in St. Louis, that's why you saw the gold patch on the back of their jerseys, that's something they brought out this past year or so, the St. Louis Hawks won a championship, but since they moved to Atlanta, they've never actually made it to the Eastern Conference, despite the fact they had Dominic Wilkins in pretty much the whole 80s, and by the late 80s, they were a really damn good team that was knocking on the doorstep of the Detroit Pistons, Boston Celtics, and Chicago Bulls at times in the late 80s. But mostly the Detroit Pistons and uh, Boston Celtics at that point in time, forcing the Celtics to the seventh game. But that's the thing. Pistons, Celtics, teams like that, Sixers in the earlier half of the 80s and such, were in the way, unfortunately, for the Atlanta Hawks to ever reach the Eastern Conference Finals. That's crazy. So will this finally be the year for this for this poor, frustrated franchise? And, and and fan base. Will this finally be the year that they get to the Eastern Conference Finals and maybe even the ultimate uh, the ultimate round? That's the intrigue about this season, ladies and gentlemen. This is kind of turning into another 1999 all over again when the Chicago Bulls broke up and nobody knew was going to win the championship. See, back in 94-95, there were really good teams. It, it looked like it was going to be the Seattle Supersonics, but then up came the Houston Rockets, who were the other really super good team that... that Pushed the Sonics to a seventh game the previous year. Ultimately, Houston Rockets had a... <laughs> they had the red carpet to the NBA Finals that year with the Sonics getting ousted by the Nuggets and Utah just not being up to up to the task or San Antonio at that point in time. And uh, they cruised to two championships. Fun little uh, reminiscing there. And I mean, the Atlanta Hawks make me talk about the old days because that was the other team during that season. The Hawks had the number one record in the Eastern Conference. And then they pulled off one of the stupidest, most idiotic, most disrespectful trades in the history of professional sports. Trading Dominique Wilkins for Danny Bleepin' Manning. I've never let go of that one. Never. I, I've probably mentioned it in passing during the course of shows with Marcus the Forecaster. Because usually when I start on something, he'll kind of start jumping into another topic and throw the whole thing in the garbage. But here right now when I'm solo, that was just the most bullshit trade in the history of basketball, man. I mean, how could you do that to Dominique? They finally had the number one record in the East. There was no Chicago block in the way. There was no Boston Celtics and Larry Bird block in the way. There was no <laughs> Isaiah Thomas and the Pistons block in the way. Shout out to Keelan King out there for that one. Um, man, and how their point guard's out for the probably the year within a torn Achilles. That really sucks for them. <laughs> but maybe they'll persevere because it's not like Jennings was the best player on that team. Um... 
Josh Smith sure the hell wasn't either. <laughs> Good luck, Houston, in that one. Um, but is this finally the year the Atlanta Hawks, I almost called them Falcons, the Atlanta Hawks, finally not only get to the Eastern Conference, but maybe even beyond that? Will this be the year? Will, will they knock out the Cleveland Cavaliers at some point along the way? Will they survive a, a matchup with, with the uh, Washington Wizards, who are a dangerous team? Vince Germano does not think so. Hank McCoy is uh, a, a believer in the Atlanta Hawks. Hank? 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 Holmes? I, I dare call you. Sherlock Holmes? <laughs> I, I'm on your side, buddy. Um, and again, no offense to Vince Germano. All of us have different opinions. I think this Hawks team is legit. Uh, they have a really nice point guard. And a guy by the name of Al Horton's back and healthy after that pectoral injury. Extremely painful stuff. I have a strained pectoral, pectoral that's been bugging me for about a year now. I'm not seemingly to get it fixed. Uh, but I'm still functional in my job doing lawns. And of course now that I'm, I'm not doing it. But the, it's, I still get singes in that area for some strange reason. But... Um, Wow, this team is uh, this team is stacked. Um, not everybody's this this can't miss stud, but you have defense and Thabo Sefaloja, who's no longer on the Thunder. That's a huge loss for them. Uh, Jeff Teague is an outstanding point guard. I think an All Star type of guy. Again, go ahead and laugh at me when I say that. Some people might be laughing. Some people might be giving me a fist pound, like an, an imaginary fist pound right now, and I'm doing it back <laughs> literally right now. Um, Paul Millsap, you got one piece after another. I mean, yeah, Al Horford's blo- uh, shot blocking ability and rebounding didn't rebound so much. In fact, nobody rebounded in this game on either side of the ball. <laughs> but uh, this is a legit team. I mean, you even have Eldon Brand if you need some veteran leadership down there. And maybe he needs to come in on occasion. Pero Antic is a nice backup center. Wasn't, I mean, nobody really stood out in this game, but that's the other point. They're extremely balanced up and down the roster. Guys are getting minutes. Guys are producing in those minutes. Nobody's there. There's no megastar, but there was no megastar in the Detroit Pistons in the uh, 2004 teams. Team 2004 team. So maybe this is one of those sneaky seasons where somebody like that pops up. I know. Again, somebody out there is going, "Oh my God, how dare you talk about the Detroit Pistons and the Hawks in the same sentence?" Well, yeah, I yeah I I just did <laughs> because that's a good team. Jeff Teague, Al Horford. Chauncey Billups and uh, Ben Wallace, go ahead, make fun of me. Go ahead, write a. Go ahead over there on the court side, who or whoever out there. Uh, it's okay. I mean, you don't have to agree. Maybe Hank agrees. Maybe Vince doesn't. But that's the whole point of doing a show. <laughs> that's the whole point of doing a show. It makes it interesting when you're like, oh, Joey, he's out of his mind, man. He's nuts. That's what it's all about. That's what it's all about. I'm not calling out anybody. This is it's it's fun. That's what radio is all about. And quite frankly, Hank McCoy and Vince Germano, they are, they are the Sherlock Holmes and Watson of, of basketball, man, of basketball radio. They're, they're geniuses when it comes to basketball conversation. They're going to, I mean, they when they're, when they're on the case, they're going to solve it. <laughs> Just like me and uh, Marcus the Forecaster are the Hall and Oates of basketball radio. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Uh, <laughs> Glenn Robinson the third got to play in front of Glenn Robinson the second for the first time ever, and he made one basket. He just made one basket, attack uh, attacking towards the basket, barely got the thing in there, wasn't able to dunk it. He looked like he was trying to, but uh, wasn't close enough to the rim, and well, it, it it went in, and he got to play five minutes. That's that's nice. <laughs> Mo Williams played well, even though he jacked up some shots, 
But today, I'm not mad at Mo Williams. I think he had a nice, solid veteran type of game. Andrew Wiggins, again, quiet, as quiet can be. Only 5 of 11 from the floor. And another extremely telling stat on a guy that I've been very, very supportive throughout the entire season. Anthony Bennett, 12 seconds. I, what the hell? 12 seconds. He's definitely in Flip's doghouse right now. Um, He's not been producing, and it's disappointing to see. There's multiple things here, though. There's multiple cogs, multiple tentacles to Anthony Bennett and Flip Saunders. Ultimately, isn't Anthony Bennett, that's just not his game to post up? Or what? Because, yeah, whenever he shoots the ball, it's just two-point shots. Long two-point shots, and other people in the market have conversated about that on their shows. I gotta think there's more to Anthony Bennett's game than that. I think he's much better being close to the basket and taking the occasional three-point shot as well, because he can make them. I've stated it in the past that Anthony Bennett should play an inside-out game, not a mid-range game. That's what he needs to cancel. Flip talking early in the season, before the season started, back in preseason. Oh, we're not doing that anymore. No three-pointers from Anthony Bennett. That's bad, man. You can't do that. <laughs> not in modern-day basketball. If a guy could hit a three, let him shoot a few. Just not not like the whole game. I don't want Anthony... I mean, I would not want Anthony shooting eight threes a game. Two or three. And if he's hot, maybe four or five, six. That's if he's hot. <laughs> Thaddeus Young taking three threes tonight. I'm not sure I see the point. He's not a three-point shooter. He's just not. That's idiotic. <laughs> if Thad Young has the green light to shoot some threes, Anthony Bennett should have the same green light because Anthony Bennett's a better three-point shooter than Thaddeus Young. End of story. Argue with me till you're blue in the face. You'll be wrong. Nikola Pekovic's first start of the season. Congratulations. Welcome back to the starting lineup. 15 points. And he only got three rebounds. That's ridiculous in 36 minutes. And that's too many minutes for Nikola Pekovic if you want him to stay healthy. He should be playing 28 to 32 minutes. Coach Saunders, Coach Adelman, Coach whoever. Coach Awijan. <laughs> no. Coach Vince Germano, damn it. Coach McCoy. That sounds kind of cool. Gorgie Zhang played almost 28 minutes. See, these minutes need to flip-flop right here. Gorgie Zhang, 27 minutes, 48 seconds. Nikola Pekovic, 36 minutes. Flip-flop those numbers right there. Flip. Flip-flop those numbers. Flip. <laughs> Gorgie Zhang was more efficient. Then he only shot six shots. He made half of them. Nine points, seven rebounds, four assists. Four assists, and he blocked a shot. Pekovic was blocked three times and did not get a block in the game. Gorgie Zhang a plus two. Nikola Pekovic a minus eight. That is a ten-point differential when Gorgie was on the floor versus Nikola Pekovic. And yes, they played together extensively. Gorgie Zhang, his first start at power forward, did very well. Not bad. So if Nikola is starting, okay, sure. But at the same time, those minutes need to flip-flop, Mr. Saunders. They need to flip-flop. <laughs> I'm trying not to laugh at myself saying that. Yeah, that's uh, something I would highly recommend if I'm the head coach or general manager, whatever the hell I am. Troy Daniels uh, played about... Two minutes, three minutes at point guard. Looked like... He looked like a sixth grader that never played point guard in his whole life going up against Gary Payton. I mean, what the flying F-bomb. That was pretty ugly, man. <laughs> he like, was dribbling off himself. He was grabbing the ball. Oh, bloop, bloop, backing up to catch up to it. That was pretty ugly. Uh, he was... Talk about deer in the headlights. <laughs> deer in the headlights of a semi coming straight its way and there's no way out of it. <laughs> I mean, 6th grader against Gary Payton, man. I'm telling you, it was pretty freaking bad. 
Yep, that's about all I'm going to say. I think I've said a hell of a lot about this game, ultimately, or at least the two teams in general. The Hawks, again, like I've been trying to say, look fantastic. And what's the theme here? Look at this. Look at the field goal percentage by the Hawks. Over 56%. No stops, man. As uh, the great, the great Mike Antony, okay, D and Dan Tony, Mike Dan Tony would say, we need to get some stops. <laughs> Fellow Italian Vince Germano <laughs> saying right there, uh, making fun of him, making fun of Dan Tony. Yeah, it's like we need to get some stops. Yeah, we need to get some stops, and we need to figure out how we're going to be going about and doing that. That would be great, Flip, and and anybody else. Uh, let's bring in Tom Thibodeau, guys. If the Bulls are dumb enough to fire Tom because of some kind of power struggle, first guy I call, and, and uh, here's a blank check, Tom. Let's uh, come here and let's turn the Timberwolves franchise into a nice defensive team that can score as well. I don't necessarily like the Bulls. I don't like the way they play very much. I think they're boring as hell. (laughs) And I don't know. I'm kind of mean. But yeah, I think they are kind of boring. But at the same time, they're winning games. They're above 500. Um, And when you have a guy like Andrew Wiggins, who's got defensive ability, maybe defensive player of the year someday with the right coach and the right uh, players around him. I mean, maybe that kind of defender at some point in his career. If it's 10 years from now, so be it. It took, it, it took Garnett like it's half his career to get it. Uh, but yeah, you have the right coach here with the right defensive schemes and just demanding defense in general. Andrew Wiggins, there you go. It's a nice match. Guys like Zach Levine with their athleticism and such. Maybe there you go. Gorgie Cheng. Can't complain there. Rubio and his steals, all that stuff. There it is. So there it is. Uh, Kevin Martin's still out with his fractured wrist. There have been conversations about him returning soon, but he's not back yet. Will he return this next week? Who knows? And uh, I don't want to say who cares, but who cares? <laughs> I said it. If he comes back, he comes back. Um, I'm going to leave it at that. It's been a nice... Uh, there were some entertaining games this week, but overall, the whole... Achilles heel for this team right now, obviously, and it's been the Achilles heel forever, is the defense. We can't get stops. We can't stop three-pointers, and we sure as hell can't stop anybody attacking the basket. Gorgie was providing it at times, but overall, no one really is, ultimately, and Pekovic sure the hell isn't going to do that when he's playing 36 minutes a game. He's like, Pekovic playing 36 minutes a game is, is like Ryan Suter for the Minnesota Wild with his outrageous time on ice. He leads the league in time on ice, and he gets tired, and he stinks when he's tired. So, yeah. Uh, Pekovic shouldn't be playing that much. With that said, let's move on to the Lone Wolf Award and the Johnny Flynn Memorial. I think it's kind of obvious where these are going this week, folks. (laughs) And you know what's real funny about this? (laughs) A guy that's gotten about a million Johnny Flynn Memorials this season and I've been picking on him all year. Yeah, you know who it is. A guy whose wife tweets me and she tweeted me again tonight. We actually tweeted back and forth a couple times. And I'll talk about her when I get to the fan interaction segment. Yeah, she's the most available wife of an NBA player I've seen on Twitter. I mean, she talked, I mean, she'll respond to you like, like she's just, you know, like another Joey out there. I mean, it's kind of funny. <laughs> Maybe not that often. But it's going to Thaddeus Young now that I've run that way too long. Thaddeus Young is getting the Lone Wolf Award. So congratulations, Thad. Way to beef up your trade value. And, um, yeah. And way to... Keep yourself a legitimate, solid player in this league. It's nice to see him playing well. I'm happy for him. And I apologize for being mean, but at the same time, I'm not sorry for criticizing 
when he gets zero rebounds or three rebounds and when we desperately need them and watching Mr. Uh, what's his name? Ah, oh, boy. I don't even want to remember his name in Denver. Oh, Kenneth Fareed with his 28, 26 rebounds. Thad's like three or whatever it was. Ah, oh, get the heck out of here. That was ridiculous. Johnny Flynn Memorial is going to go to a guy who's been just invisible, and that is the friendly ghost, Anthony Bennett. Anthony the friendly ghost. Oh, Anthony, come on. It's time for you to show yourself and to show Flip what you can do and to, like, take some smart shots and just just to, just to show Flip what a power forward is versus what a wannabe shooting guard is. It's just, yeah, please. Johnny Flynn Memorial, Anthony Bennett. That's going to wrap up this segment. A bit long-winded. I apologize, but maybe you enjoyed it. Maybe that's why you listen. <gasps> because I went into some other stuff, some background stuff, some past, some present, some future, whatever it is. We'll be back right after this. Ah, winter and snow are back again. Nothing tastes better this time of year than Vanilla Bean Buffalo Sweat by Tall Grass Beer from Manhattan, Kansas. This Vanilla Bean edition of Buffalo Sweat literally warms your innards in this outstanding stout with that warming vanilla kick. Don't forget to try 8-Bit Pale Ale, the official beer of this podcast. When you see Pac-Man licking his chops, you found an amazing can and an even better beer. Check out the many other wonderful beers Tallgrass offers on their website at www.tallgrassbeer.com. Use their beer locator to see what's available in your area. You can follow Tallgrass on Twitter at TallgrassMN and like them on Facebook. Simply search for Tallgrass Minnesota. Tallgrass Beer, bringing people together over a beer since 2007. Too busy to sit in front of a computer? Simply download Timberwolves Explosion on iTunes for Apple devices. For Android, download the Double Twist app. And for Windows and Blackberry phones, simply find us in the store. And now, back to Paladino Joey and Marcus the Forecaster. And we are back here on Timberwolves Explosion, segment number two. Preview segment. This will probably be fairly brief. And for the record, just letting you know, I did not forget to mention the Ricky Rubio injury update that Flip Saunders talked about. I'm just saving it for the fan interaction segment because I posted it on the Facebook page for Timberwolves Explosion. So there you go. <laughs> just letting you know, I'm saving it for the third segment because there hopefully is some reaction to it. Monday, January the 26th, tomorrow, <laughs> the Minnesota Timberwolves head to OKC, Oklahoma City. They will be hosted by Kevin Durant, Russell Westbrook, and the still-struggling Oklahoma City Thunder. Can the Wolves win this game? I doubt it. Um, They played very well when Kevin Love was on the team, when Kevin Love was on the Minnesota Timberwolves, but so far to date, uh, Oklahoma City right now, there's just more going on, and they have all their players healthy right now. I just don't think it'd be a good idea for me to pick the Wolves to beat the Oklahoma City Thunder this week. And I think they are quietly surging back into the playoffs. 22-21 and 21 right now. They're tied with the New Orleans Pelicans, who, again, mistakenly mentioned that they were above 500 the whole the whole game when, yeah, they were above 500 after the game. You know? <laughs> they were kind of being a little silly, getting a little ahead of themselves, probably without even knowing it. That was just kind of a funny uh, bit that people talked about during the course of the week. Oklahoma City, again, they have just... 
they have too many pieces on, on their team right now. They're not a great team at this current time, and they're in need of another trade. They do have Deion Waiters backing up Robin, uh, Robert, Robertson at shooting guard, but um, ultimately, they're better than the Timberwolves at this point in time. I don't see the Wolves stopping an athletic team like the Oklahoma City Thunder. Do you see? Do you see no no defense? Mo stopping <laughs> Russell Westbrook? Nah, Kevin Durant and uh, Andrew Wiggins. That'll be nice, but it's you know Andrew Wiggins is kind of getting back to his raw stage right now. He's kind of going through that little struggle that all rookies do right about this point in the season, right about January February. They start to struggle a bit. Then, if they are for real, they start to you know if they are going to have a strong rookie of the year type of season, they start to pick it up in March and April. Hopefully, Andrew Wiggins indeed does that. Again, Oklahoma's just too strong right now, and they're, this is a this is what a lot of them would dub as an easy win, and they need to get it done. So I think they're going to do everything they can to beat the Timberwolves and move into <laughs> playoff contention as soon as they can. They need to get there. If, if, if they miss the playoffs, when these guys have been healthy for an extended period of time now, there's just no excuse for them not to make the playoffs. If I'm an OKC fan, and uh, yeah, well, it just kind of is what it is. Former Timberwolves, Scotty Brooks. I, I can't believe, you know, and, and I still call him Scotty Brooks because that was his name when he was here. Scott Brooks, the head coach of the Thunder. I didn't realize he played with the Cleveland Cavaliers as late as he did. I mean, 97, 98, he was on the Cleveland Cavaliers. Crazy. I didn't realize he lasted that long in the league. It seemed like he, to me, it almost seemed like he disappeared after he left Minnesota. He went to Houston for a while, and he got a ring, and I know all that, but he just sat on the bench. Of course, yeah, sure, anybody's going to sit on the bench and you have <laughs> Kenny the Jet hitting threes and Sam Gasell being mis- as clutch as he was, helping those teams win the championship. That's why they were clutch city. There I go, jumping off in another direction, but I suppose it's related because of Scott Brooks on that team. Um, again, just stunned how long he lasted in the league. Let's move on, shall we? Yes. Uh, Minnesota is going to host the Boston Celtics this coming week in the mid midweek on, on uh, Wednesday. It's like, who the hell do they even have, right? <laughs> January the 28th. Yeah, Boston Celtics. We host the Boston Celtics, and this will be our first win in a little while. In, in a little while, since we had a couple wins not too long ago. 15 and 26, the Celtics surprisingly have 15 wins on this year. I'm actually kind of so- shocked when I look at that, but that's because they have a couple of veterans on the roster that are okay. But then again, that's what we thought we had, right? You know, with Thaddeus Young and Mo Williams and stuff like that. But, yeah, and Kevin Martin. I mean, guys like that, you think that's a, at least a maybe a 35-win type of team. <laughs> or, okay, maybe not. Maybe 30-win. But, well, uh, you know. <laughs> Boston, I, I think the Minnesota Timberwolves win this one at home. I think we beat the Boston Celtics. Um, they keep trading away anybody and everybody they have. Um, pretty much all they have left is from, like, just a couple of years ago, is Avery Bradley and Jared Sullinger. I mean, okay. Evan Turner is not really anything special. And Smart is, is uh, well, he hasn't been special either. <laughs> he really hasn't been that good. He's off to a slow start to his career. I do think he will be, I think I, th- I think he's going to be more and more of a factor in the course of time, but certainly no Rookie of the Year candidate that I thought he may possibly be at some point in time. He's nowhere near it right now. For, for six overall pick to be averaging only about six points a game and three assists, Hmm, that's a slow start to the career, young man. Slow start, slow start. Uh, with that said, Celtics just, uh, I just get the vibe this is a game that the Wolves win. Home game, I think, that, uh, I, I think they'll, I hope 
for my for flip's sake, literally for flip's sake, <laughs> for flip's sake, that they come out with a little bit of energy in this game because if they do, I think they do win this one. Uh, Celtics are very beatable right now. They they have about as low energy as we do, <laughs> despite the fact they have twice as many wins. Which again, I'm shocked just looking at that. Uh, I think yeah. Ultimately, I think Andrew Wiggins has a a bit of a rebound type of game, and I think Thaddeus Young. Yeah, I'm being confident in Thaddeus Young. I think he continues his his strong uh, strong surge. And Pekovic and Gorgie. I, I I like those two guys playing together. I just hope, again, that Flip Saunders flips the minutes that he had up tonight between those two. Because if he does, Gorgie's going to be big against the Celtics. Pekovic will be solid. And there you go. And I think there'll be enough to beat that team. At home. At home. With that said, I think the Philadelphia 76ers on Friday, January the 30th, will <laughs> sweep the season series. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 that's going to annoy some people. It's going to happen. Uh, the Wolves are going to lose to the Sixers again. I, I think it's going <laughs> to. I think the Wolves will come out with some energy. They'll be mad because of uh, the Sixers actually beat them. They ended the <laughs> the 15 game losing streak for the Sixers. It, it ended or 16, whatever it was. It was like a hundred thousand game losing streak. Basically, to start the season, we ended it for the Sixers, and uh, we didn't end uh, the Hawks' winning streak, unfortunately. Surprise, surprise. I think the Sixers sweep the Wolves for the season. So, yeah, that would be just typical Wolves. We beat Boston and lose to Philadelphia. Maybe it'll be a switcheroo, but I think we lose that road game. I think Philadelphia's confidence will be high for that particular game. They'll be like, hey, you know, there it is. That's one of the teams we can actually beat. And surprisingly, they actually have a slightly better record than the Timberwolves right now. So, uh, I don't know. I just don't have a good vibe going into that one. <laughs> I really don't. It's like, who does Philadelphia even have? Because they keep making trades. Shved isn't even on that roster anymore. He's on Houston now. Involved in another uh, trade involving the Timberwolves. Where he moved even where he moved on uh, yet again. Netherlands Noel. He's kind of like another Gorgie over there right now. <laughs> Ma Mute is still starting at small forward. How about that? Hmm. The rest of these guys, uh, outside of Michael Carter-Williams, um, I, I don't know. I mean, there, there ain't a whole lot going on right now because uh, a lot of their future stars are, are injured. So there you go. Joel Embiid and uh, well, Jason Richardson's ancient, unfortunately, and he's just been like out of the picture forever. Uh, Rutan's out with an ACL just recently. Unfortunately for him, that's not good. Just kind of is what it is. Hopefully Joel Embiid does get back and in there, but he won't, and of course, <laughs> the people that have picked teams to win this game have favored Philadelphia for this one, that's kind of funny, and I agree, <laughs> I hate to say it, uh, to get some scores out there though, I think Oklahoma City is going to win 105 to 295, Minnesota keeps in that game, but they don't win, they just don't win, they'll, they'll play fairly well against them, but I think this, the City Thunder win, I think Minnesota beats Boston, like I said, for the score, and that one will be 100 to 95, Minnesota wins that one. And in Philadelphia, the Sixers, well, what, what are they going to do? It's going to be a low-scoring game. Oh, yeah. <laughs> 85-77 last time around. That's kind of funny. It's going to be something similar to that, unfortunately. Maybe a little bit uh, little bit wider margin, unfortunately. Um, nah, let's leave it at 8. I, I, I don't want to pick the Sixers to beat the Wolves by 20. That would be bullcrap. <laughs> I think it's going to be... This one will be something like... It's going to be one of those ugly-ass games, I think. Uh, we'll, we'll go with 88 to... 88 to 80. 
So it'll be not quite as ugly as that one, but it, it'll be ugly. 88-80, to 80, Philadelphia beats the Timberwolves. Another frustrating game where we don't make key stops late and we clang a lot of jumpers, unfortunately. Because if one thing Philadelphia is okay at, they're okay at stopping guys, I guess. I mean, their their defense is all right. It's decent. They just can't score when when they need to on a regular basis. But they'll score on us because we have the worst defense ever. There it is. And now, the main event, ladies and gentlemen. Your feature presentation for the 2014-2015 season LeBron James, <coughs> Kevin Love, Kyrie Irving, <laughs> and their wonderful coach that they don't seem to like very much over there. And the Cleveland Cavaliers are coming to Minnesota. Yeah, they are coming to Minnesota to wrap up the month of January. And the Wolves don't win this game. Uh, Timothy Mozgov, of course, is the center, the former Denver Nugget. I think he'll get his trillion rebounds like he did last time against us. Ooh, Josh Smith. And, and Shumpert, that, that was, those were nice additions. I mean, give them credit for that trade. Good trade. Good job, Cleveland, on some of these moves. They have been playing better. They've won, they've won six games in a row at this point in time. By the time the Wolves play them a whole week from now, <laughs> I'm, well, I kind of think they're going to keep their uptrend, and then Minnesota just is what they are right now, unfortunately. Again, not ripping. We're just undermanned. We're... Young and undermanned. It is what it is, and our defense sucks. The big one, to be quite bl- to be quite blunt, Cleveland's going to win this one. Uh, going away, LeBron's been playing awesome. Uh, they scored 125 points the last time we played against the Cavaliers. It's going to be something uh, um, like it's going to be a little bit less. It'll be 115 to 100. 115 to 100. The Cavaliers win this one by 15 points, and every time Kevin Love touches the ball. He will be booed lustily. Every time, I mean, the time Kevin Love is introduced, there will be no five-minute video saluting his, or 15-minute video, or whatever will people like to do, saluting uh, his legacy with the Minnesota Timberwolves. There'll be absolutely nothing. You will just hear the name Kevin Love. You will hear boos. And Kevin Love will act like he's, like, nobody's there. Nobody's, he'll just act like it's another road game because that's just how he's going to, that's how he's going to treat it, unfortunately. And it's just going to be what it is. A local guy by the name of Paul Allen, P.A. Paul Allen, those of you around here, of course, know who he is, predicted that LeBron James is going to take it personal and that he's going to set Kevin Love up to score 50 points. Ah, Kevin Love is going to get his usual 17 to maybe 25 at most. Maybe 25. That'll be if, like on the very high end as far as I'm concerned. Ah. <laughs> Kevin Love's not scoring that much. And I think they're going to treat it, I think they're going to do what they can to treat it like another game. I think they have to, quite frankly. There's really no choice. If they try to, like, feature Kevin Love, good for them. Maybe we'll win. <laughs> yeah, we, But we won't, and they're not going to, so there it is. 115-100, my pick stands, and the Wolves win one and lose three this, this coming week. We'll have eight wins and 38 losses at the end of this week, in my humble opinion. There it is. Preview segment done. Fan interaction coming up. shop on Amazon? Did you know that you can support this podcast just by doing your normal shopping on Amazon? It's really easy to do. Just go to thesportstuff.com and click on one of the many Amazon pictures. Do your normal shopping and Amazon sees that we referred you and they give us a percentage. We'd like to thank you in advance for supporting thesportstuff.com 
and please use our Amazon link. Now enjoy the rest of the show. Contact us and support Timberwolves Explosion by liking us on Facebook and following at Wolves Explosion on Twitter. Don't forget to call into our phone lines at 209-736-7877. That's 209-736-7877. And we are back here on Timberwolves Explosion, segment number three, fan interaction segment. For some strange reason, I thought I posted on the Facebook page about Rubio's injury, the update, and I never did. And I deeply apologize to all of you out there for that. There were no posts on the Facebook page this past week that I need to get to, so it's just a really quiet week on there for some strange reason. We'll have we'll have more in the future, though, so we'll skip that for now. We'll talk about there. There was a lot of interaction on Twitter over the course of the week and, and tonight, especially. But right now, I will talk about the Rubio injury. Um, John Kurzinski of the Associated Press ultimately uh, reported this: is that the injury to Ricky Rubio may be more serious than Minnesota Timberwolves initially thought. Now, right now, this article in particular is from Fan Cited, so giving them uh, their just due there. John Kurzinski out of the uh, you know the AP guy on Yahoo and FanCited.com getting cited for this. Uh, Flip Saunders saying it's a very unique ankle sprain. They said, they said at the time, it's going to be wor- worse than a high ankle sprain, and everyone knows that those go from 8 to 12 weeks, so it was, so it has nothing to do with him not wanting to play. Yeah, for some strange reason, people out there thought that Ricky Rubio uh, was Joe Mowering it, per se. Not, not even that Joe Mauer necessarily didn't want to play for the Minnesota Twins in the past, but that he's just kind of milking it. He's taking too long of that bilateral leg weakness. That was one of the strangest injuries. I have no idea what that is. Um, I've, I have no idea what that even means, honest to God. Um, I've never once, never once, did you ever hear me once on this show over the course of the season, and there have been multi- many opportunities for me to do it, because I've recorded a good, you know, I've recorded a good five, six episodes already during the course of this year. Probably should have been more, but my avail- availability early on was pretty crappy uh, for reasons that don't need to be mentioned other than just work. <laughs> That's one, It's a one-word uh, answer right there. Um, I never once came on here and questioned Ricky Rubio's desire to play. He wants to play badly. Ricky Rubio loves to play this game. Ricky Rubio is suffering watching this team struggle out there as much as they do. There is no doubt in my mind. Now, ultimately, <laughs> I will say Ricky Rubio is getting to be about uh, is getting to be a guy I would consider to be injury slash accident prone on the basketball court. It's it's uh. Okay, he played 82 games last year, and he'd been durable since the ACL and MCL injury, you know, when he was guarding Kobe Bryant, and his knee locked up. Not Kobe's fault, he just was trying to keep up with Kobe, and his knee locked up, unfortunately. It just uh, is what it is. But it seems like whenever Rubio does get hurt, it's like it's like a sky-is-falling type of injury that drags, uh, like a Derrick Rose almost type situation, where it just goes on and on and on. Not quite as bad as Derrick Rose, though. I don't think anybody... Can compare to that guy, but just saying, it's uh, ridiculous on how long it takes. Longer than you'd think. This one is a strange one. This one is a strange one because ultimately, according to fan cited and others out there, they say it's not directly stated that Rubio may miss the remainder of the season because the possibility does exist. They said it's being heavily implied that he may miss several more months thanks to the discovery of this muscle ligament and uh, this lo- muscle ligament I- image. As we rapidly approach February, 
Um, ultimately, the situation is that, well, yeah, it's a high ankle sprain, which is bad. You know, those two big giant tendons that are up, uh, the two big giant tendons that connect to your, your front of your shin, you know, to your ankle, you know, the front part of your leg. Yeah, that those two big tendons, you know, you can feel them right now if you want to. When those get pulled, it hurts like living hell and they take a while to heal. And I've been there, folks. Oh my God, does that hurt? Oh, does it hurt? And they're very big tendons, you know, so hence they're extremely important. That's the first part of the injury, but then, oh doggone it, the tendons, you know, that connect to your toes. Yeah, those were torn and injured as well. It's a pretty messed up injury. Because uh, ultimately, to me, it sounds like his foot was, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> his foot was dragging, you know, forward. It was dragging underneath him as he was going forward. That's what that type of injury sounds like, regardless if he's going sideways or forward or say. But ultimately, that's the direction his foot went, and that's what took place. And the pain must have been off the charts, and it sure looked like it was for him. And that kind of thing is taking a long time to heal, unfortunately. And that's the situation for Mr. Ricky Rubio. Heck, you can see the tendons uh, as you look at your foot. When you pull your toes up, you can see the tendons sticking out. Those are tendons. They were hurt. So, there you go. That's a sucky, sucky injury. You don't hear about it very often. But that's why the Dan Barreros of the world were saying this must be the worst ankle injury of all time. Because I guess it's, it is one of the worst ones, unfortunately. Uh, hopefully it's a situation that will ultimately be correctable and be healed to 100% when the time comes that he's able to return to the basketball court. It's quite a shame without without a freaking doubt. So let's try to slide into Twitter, as we may, because there is no Facebook, as mentioned. Had it running, and then I took it down. Great. Good job, Joe, right? <laughs> Yeah, you're going to hear from Thad, Thad Young's wife yet again. You're going to hear from Miss Young, at Miss Young. You're going to hear from Alan Horton. This is a celebrity Twitter this week for me. Kind of cool. I kind of like it. I, I, yeah, I love it. i got to give a shout-out to Kamal Hilton. Thank you so very much, man. And at, at Kamal, at K, K-A-M-A-L-H-Y-L-T-O-N. Give him a follow. Give him a follow because he he does uh, he does some work for the Toronto Raptors, and yes, as they said on the Courtside podcast, he's jinxed him a little bit as Toronto was kicking some major butt in the Eastern Conference for a while, and they're going through a st- uh, negative stretch, and it happens to every team. The 0-4 Timberwolves went through some pretty bad stretches of some pretty crappy basketball. So again, I'm not surprised that that kind of thing could happen in any way, shape, or form. Come on, Hilton, thank you so much for sharing on Facebook and retweeting on Twitter when I release the uh, the new show, when I mention it on Twitter and Facebook. Thank you so much. Big Raptors fan, do give him a follow and do follow his work. It is more than worth it. Just as long as he doesn't jinx his Raptors. <laughs> and as long as the Raptors don't suck Andrew Wiggins and Anthony Bennett over to Toronto. Though some people locally may be more than welcome to let Bennett go there. I'm not quite ready for that just yet. Coach Carlos at Carlos Garza was also saying, check out episode, oh my gosh, I should have retweeted this, I'm sorry, I am very sorry, I am very late on it, he was saying, check out episode 35, NBA Fantasy Podcast, exclusive with Larry Sanders, I do apologize, Carlos, if you're listening, I I just favored and retweeted it, I am very late to the party on that one, and I was busy during the week and missed it, I really apologize for that. So, and I will check out the show, do check it out, guys, Carlos Garza, a big supporter of the Courtside Podcast, and I do believe he listens, and I hope he does. Danae Brown, out of New Zealand, at 
at Tene Wilson Bro. T A H N A E Wilson Bro <laughs> says there's more movement when he's playing the point guard over Mo, and that was because yeah, Robbie Hummel played some point guard tonight. <laughs> Robbie Hummel played some point guard tonight, and I could have mentioned some of this more, but I figured I'd save it for this part right here because it's just a create confusion and make me kind of nauseous, and it also kind of it would also kind of take the uh, it would kind of take the energy out of the fan interaction segment. So I figured yeah, save it for now. And uh, Jose, one Jose Chang was saying, I mean, Troy Daniels, because he was talking about how we need a point guard. Yeah, Troy Daniels. He's like, I mean, Troy Daniels? Yeah, he was an absolute mess. And I did talk about that. Troy Daniels was pathetic at point guard out there. Here we go. <laughs> Shekinah. Shekinah. Hopefully I'm saying it right. Young. That's right. Shekinah Young. Yes. And yes, Young is not the most uncommon name in the history of the world, but... This is this is the same one. Yep, the the wife of Mr. Thaddeus Young at Mrs. Underscore Young thirty three, <laughs> saying if, so. If you had an opportunity to take a shot, you wouldn't. You'd just pass. And that's because the conversation started from another guy. He was saying Mo Williams and Thad take take so many shots away from Andrew Wiggins. She responded with, "Wiggins isn't the only person on the team." I simply said, "I'm on Mark's side." But ultimately, what I have to say to Miss. Uh, Shagania Young, if I ever say it correctly, it's my own fault. Um, it's nothing personal, ultimately. <laughs> it's more of that <laughs> yeah. on the wrong nights, Thaddeus Young shoots too much. It's more of if he's having a great game, which he was here, keep it up. Go ahead, keep it up. If he's close to the basket, yes. And I do mention that. Uh, I'll talk about that in a little bit. Mostly, and then she responded with, he is, because I said, in fairness, that is having a great game. Uh, where was I saying it? Where was, there we go. I was saying it ultimately depends on the situation, I suppose. One-on-one close to the basket, definitely. He's doing that very well tonight. And he was. He was doing it very well. No response to that comment, unfortunately. But, well, obviously she's going to be just a little bit biased for a guy that's, uh, well, probably paying all of her bills and... Uh, when he's playing well, it just means uh, it means a more positive, uh, more positive uh, future for those two financially. Yeah, uh, of course she's going to be a little bit uh, biased in that area. James F. Yeah, I haven't heard from him for a while. He says uh, at JFO one eight eight saying, you know, O isn't zero zero one eight eight. It's really frustrating to see them not improve whatsoever defensively. Probably what we have to work on. <laughs> Probably what we have to work with now, but still. Yeah, I mean, ultimately, yeah, it's it's terrible. No defense at all. No defense. And he's saying how the Timberwolves could have won this game if they didn't shoot themselves in the damn foot over and 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 over. And over. Without a doubt, he concludes this conversation with truthfully not having Ricky is hurting them in every aspect. It'd be nice to have him back, without a doubt, because I do believe Ricky is the glue holding the team together in many ways. And that's it, because there's a little bit of back and forth with with uh, some silly people defending Richard Sherman. Ah, Richard Sherman's being a dick, but that's another that's another sport for another show. I'm not a fan of the guy or his team, ultimately. Ah, uh, that's the well. That's not the end of the. Uh, that's not the end of Twitter. No, sorry. Alan Horton <laughs> said, I thought it was a pretty frustrating game, yet it was still up for grabs when Minnesota got it to 6 with 6.30 and at 2.30 left. Oh my God, do I agree. Because he said the Wolves were shooting 71% in the second half, and, and they were. 
was saying, oh, it's been a fun game, but too bad Atlanta is so darn good, and as usual, our defense is non-existent. Without a doubt, without a doubt, and the funny part here, <laughs> that I enjoyed so very much, well, there was a point in the game when Flip Saunders was almost ejected, and I'm saving it for now because I wanted to have it with Alan Horton here. <laughs> the Alan Horton, the radio voice of the Wolves on WCCO Radio and the Timberwolves Radio Network. Yeah, the same guy. Uh, he was saying, um, like, what a joke, because Flip Saunders, well, he got a technical foul from one ref, and then Brothers, the other guy, far away from the play, from the whole situation, called a technical foul, and it looked like, okay, I guess it's two technicals, as Flip was still, you know, ragging on the uh, the other official, the closer one, about a non-call on a, on a play. Thought, thought Thaddeus was fouled on the player. It was either Thaddeus or Gargi. It was a big man, one of the two, down low. They were fouled. Or actually, it was a, and it was a goaltending on uh, Cephalosia. That was what a lot of people were mad about. That's what it was, not a foul goaltending. And brothers came over and called a technical foul and it's like, oh, I guess Flip's out of the game, that's it. But no, it was just because there was no communication ultimately where brothers didn't realize the other ref had called a technical already. It was like, okay, it's just one technical. Flip figured, oh, Flip was like, I guess I'm ejected now, even though he was still riding the officials on his way, well, elsewhere. And then they're like, oh, wait, sorry, it was supposed to be just one technical, so Flip went back to the bench and (laughs) Alan Horton, as I drag this long story longer, uh, said, well, miscommunication on the refs there. What a joke. And I said, I thought that was awesome. I said, I love the way you said the communication between the officials is a joke. I love you, man. He says, thanks. Just thought brothers blew that way out of proportion when he didn't know what was going on. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> and I drug that out a little far, because, but it was a funny, really funny part of the game. So I figured I'd let you guys know what happened there. Because not everybody... You know, obviously the guys in Australia, they didn't, they're didn't. they not going to hear and know every single detail of a game like this. A Sunday night against the Atlanta Hawks on the road. Not going to know everything, especially Vince because he doesn't want to want to watch the Hawks do it with his homework thing. He only got to, he got to watch one game. Maybe he did watch tonight, who knows. And I'm just teasing, that was a funny bit on the, on the, on the Courtside show there, Courtside Podcast. <laughs> Don't forget to check out the uh, the Crossover Podcast as well, though, on thesportstuff.com. Really appreciate what they do, New York Knicks, Brooklyn Nets, yes, they both are not doing well right now, but the show is awesome, and, and they have a lot of lot of loyal listeners to their show, and it's worth a listen to other guys out of Aussie as well, over there in Sydney, at least in, uh, <laughs> at least in uh, Rusty Bennett's uh, side of things, he's, he's from Sydney, just like Hank McCoy. Gotta like that. Gotta like that without a doubt. Want to thank you all very much for listening. Those of you out there that are so loyal and that have been retweeting the show, hey, keep doing what you're doing. I appreciate it so much. It only helps the show. And man, you deserve like a million gold stars out there. I'm gonna give it to Kamal Hilton this week for being so supportive of the show, retweeting. And I gotta say, Vince and Tanae who retweet as well. I mean, you guys just are the best. I love you guys so much. So for so many, you know, just oh, you know, loyal listeners. Nice guys, knowledgeable, all the above. Amel's very knowledgeable as well. Toronto Raptors, oh man. You know, really appreciate you guys so much. Thank you so much for your listenership, your friendship, all the above, and your support of the show. Want to wish you all a nice, uh, well, a nice Super Bowl week, I suppose. Yeah, want to wish you all a nice Super Bowl week. I hate Seattle. I don't like Richard Sherman. He's got a big mouth and he's flapping again. And of course, I'm a hater for saying Richard Sherman's being a dick. Well, sorry, I I guess I'm a hater. Because he's a dick. (laughs) 
with that, all I got to say is, go Patriots. Take your uh, take your deflate gate and shove it, or stuff it, as Vince might say. They can stuff it. The uh, the Seahawks and their fan base and the rest of America that doesn't like the Patriots, stuff it. Go Patriots. We'll be we'll be back next week. Do take care. <laughs>